deep in London's beating heart lies a wall A locked door it be if you know the call For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see Cause the wizard world is opened up as has the griffin Hello everyone and welcome to The Shrieking Shack This is a Harry Potter reread podcast for Laps fans I'm your host ZC And I'm Liz and Liz, we've we've done it. We've made it official. We are now we are now the afternoon show. Wonderful. We're the we're we've we've gone from being Regis and Kathy. That's a morning show, right? That that was a morning show. That was a morning show. Yep. To Kathy Lee. what's like an even? What are like the five o'clock shows? Is that five like when the that's the news? <laughs> oh fuck! We're the news now. That's the news. I'm I'm like Tom Brokaw or something or or. Five o'clock is like the local news. Yeah, because I thought like I thought like news news was like ten o'clock, like like the serious news. Right, because you get the local news at like five, and then you get the the national news after that, or all the time on CNN. <laughs> I love I love twenty four hour news. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love there's. <laughs> So we we are recording this in the midst of like maybe the most twenty four hour news cycle nightmare that there's been for a while with all of J- Jesus God <laughs> for 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 people in the far flung future uh, um, listening to this this episode was recorded in the middle of uh, I don't know whatever the fuck is going on with the FBI raiding Mar-a-Lago right mm-hmm. for for a lot of people this this is like the most like cathartic like oh my god like finally finally something might stick right mm-hmm. but everyone forgetting that like everyone goes home on the weekend <laughs> <laughs> like saturday and sunday the the tenor of of just a bunch of like the commentary i was seeing like floating around <laughs> changed from like like f- like ladies and gentlemen we got him to like fuck why aren't they saying anything what happened 24 hour news has really like done something to our brains that's not good yeah cnn doesn't take the weekend off <laughs> that's true <babe. laughs> this is this is all like perpetual media problem stuff right this is this is like news this is the internet, social media, but the fact that anything can happen at any time has, like, trained people to expect that everything should be happening all the time. (laughs) That's why we put ourselves in a little box that happens on Monday, Monday afternoon. (laughs) That's right. That's right. That's right. We, we are, we are a curated experience. Right, exactly. Carefully considered. So carefully considered, in fact, that I only have one real piece of news news for us this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I've selected only the finest headline. Perfect. To discuss, which is the fact that Hogwarts Legacy, the AAA Harry Potter Skyrim video game everyone's excited for, has been delayed. Womp womp. I feel like the writing was kind of on the wall for this one. Like, we'd gotten basically no news other than little gifts for, like, half a year but uh still still causing a bit of a wave over at the, the those poor subreddit subscribers have really been through the ringer they should know <laughs> they should know this is this is this is AAA this is the AAA experience if you if you get too attached to one that's not out yet it's never going to come out watched watched AAA game never boils uh, I, I assume so this is say. just this is just part of the AAA video game fandom, right? 
Like yeah. this is this is this is practically part of the experience that you're buying. Exactly. Yeah. Can you think of have you in your life ever been you know as as a teen or whatever? Were you ever excited for like a game or something that didn't get delayed at some point? I will be honest, I was, like, <laughs> I was a blissfully unaware of, like, video game news team. Like, release. Yeah, yeah like, I, it was just, like, I, I lived in the bubble for, like, a really long time of, like, you go, you go down to the dang, the dang GameStop and you look on the shelf and are like, ooh, a new Zelda game came out. <laughs> Whatever, whatever's there is out, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, I, that, that's funny that you mentioned Zelda, because I think, I think Wind Waker getting delayed was, like, that was my, that was my 9-11 as a child. Like, wow. just, 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 like, no, I want to play Zelda now. What am I yeah. going to do? Yeah, that's sad. And, and that, that was really, that was really, you know, a, a formative experience for me at the age, let me think, I've been 12, 13, maybe, uh, and, uh. I think that's the last time I cared about something getting delayed, and it's always weird seeing, like, 40-year-olds on Reddit being like, No! It got delayed! I'm like, whoa. That's that's a shame. Yeah, but aren't they... Isn't that all part of it? Like, they love getting mad over that, because it's just... That's, that's all in there. People love getting mad at stuff. I mean, I'm not above it. Getting mad at stuff is awesome. Um, yeah, look at us. Yeah, we have a whole podcast about it. <laughs> but <laughs> but you, you know, you gotta you gotta channel getting mad at stuff uh, creatively. I think mm-hmm. um, this is this is my back to back weeks of uh, business abyss vice uh, advice here. Right. You stare into the business abyss. Uh, you got to do something with that anger. Um, uh, we started a podcast. That's fun. So you're kind of endorsing the um, CGI collector's edition cyberpunk energy because that you could argue you could argue that that's a creative outlet for for the rage. That, uh, that is the number one thing that I'm like still checking in with the Hogwarts Legacy subreddit for. Has someone crossed that bridge yet? Because um, they're not quite there. Although there were, I did check two threads today that were like. If you're worried about the delay, uh, remember that cyberpunk happened. Um, so maybe they're aware. Maybe someone will make a fake CGI collector's edition of Hogwarts Legacy soon. I don't know. There's really there's really two kind of groups of people on the subreddit, and it's people who do this for every AAA game release and, and get really hyped up and get mad when they, when they get delayed and all of this. Like, it's all just part of it. And then there's, like, this other group of Harry Potter fans who you know, maybe don't play a lot of video games. Mm-hmm. And so this is like a brand new experience for them. Yeah. And so like they, they stumble across like the cyberpunk discourse from several years ago and, and like, oh, maybe, maybe, maybe the others here who are mad don't know about this. I will bring this to them. <laughs> Narrowly <laughs> escaping <laughs> the cyberpunk trap. <laughs> Just leaving it on the, the doorstep of the, of the subreddit, like a dog bringing you like a bird or something. <laughs> like, here you go i found this <laughs> do you want to talk about cyberpunk some more? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah uh but uh i don't know the delay i'm w- something i'm curious about with this delay honestly is how much of it is a um they need the time to get the game done decision which i'm I- i'm sure that's like most of it 
you know, the, like like AAA development is a nightmare. But I'm I, I am curious with like WB and Harry Potter in the place that it is right now, and like I'm curious if this is like a strategic like it'll be better for us in a future quarter, or you know maybe maybe more articles about how we're fucking things up so bad by working with jk rowling is maybe not what we need right now type like who knows who knows where the like the decision making happened on this one but i I was was a little curious about that yeah i mean they do like to line up licensed games specifically with like other announcements and things Mm -hmm. so i i feel like there is a higher than average chance that some of that is involved than with your typical video game but yeah i don't know Especially if they're like they're like we're we're gonna delay this because we're like announcing a Harry Potter TV show next year, right? Like mm-hmm. maybe maybe it is as simple as as that, or 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 it's not as simple as that because you know, like like I said, I'm sure that they could definitely use the time. Um, but uh, yeah, maybe maybe there's like other because because the thing is is the game was originally gonna come out kind of around Fantastic Beasts, and that didn't happen. It got delayed out of that. So maybe they're moving it again into the window of something closer. Right. Um, um, who knows? Who knows? Something uh, I, could be approaching. <laughs> speaking of, I did, I did have like a mini heart attack the other day because, um, fantastic beasts has like not flagged my Google news alerts for a really long time. And it did again. Um, and there was a headline from deadline that was like, uh, Johnny Depp, quote might return as as Grindelwald in future, but it was a clickbait headline because it was someone asked Mads Mickelson like at a at some convention like if if there was a sequel would would you play Grindelwald or would or would Depp play Grindelwald? And he just said like, I don't know, he might come back. <laughs> but like he like he's an actor, he's not privy to those decisions. So it's it's the classic uh, "you never know" response. Y- yes, yeah, we're we're not not making another one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So so no no real news on that front yet. But I did see it and go like, oh no, oh no, did did is the is the seal broken? Um, but not yet, not yet. I saw that WB is considering canning The Flash, mm. but I <laughs> I was not that curious about it, so I didn't click to find out if it was clickbait or not. Uh, yeah, I, I yeah, the last I heard about that was that it's like similar similar to what you were saying. It's sort of a like <laughs> the 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 non answer type thing where it's like we could cancel it or we could not like of course they have considered it yeah yeah yeah, they consider a lot of things exactly (laughs) oh yeah um well with no with no news um really kicking around i i would like to um address something from last episode or or not a, not address but like like build on something that came up last episode sure which was my opinion on super speed okay <laughs> i'm glad you mentioned the flash um i uh i realized that the last week was like the last week that the new top gun was playing in theaters 
And I, like, went to a daytime showing in the middle of the day and finally saw the new Top Gun. And Uh and the whole time I was thinking about, like, yeah, this is what Speed's about. It's about guys, like, flying and things that might blow up. And also they look like they're having a really hard time flying it. So was the jet, like, bouncing off of fruit carts and crashing through walls and stuff? Well, (laughs) that would be awesome. (laughs) I mean, there are some jet crashes. It's pretty sick. Damn. Um, but, uh, but, but, you know, like, they're having a hard time flying that thing. They're just barely missing walls, and and uh, they're blacking out and all that stuff. Why? Like, yeah. what's, what's going wrong? Oh, they're having such a hard time. Because the, thi- the thing is, they're, they're, these planes that they're in, yeah. they're only rated for 7.5 Gs. And for this mission, they've got to hit 10 Gs. It's, oh. It's uh, real exciting stuff. Um. Hmm. Uh, but I was watching it thinking about, like, yeah, this is exactly what I mean. <laughs> I, I feel this vindicated. is super speed. <laughs> this is what super speed is all about. Um, no, it was good. And, um, have you seen the new one? Did you? No, no, I have not. Because um, I know we, we, I know you're like a big Top Gun, the original. I head. am. I do like original Top Gun a lot. Yeah, it's just um, it's just like a it's just a miracle on earth for me to see a movie these days. <laughs> well, it's not in theaters anymore, so you might catch it on uh, Paramount Plus. I think that one's going to. Yes, perhaps I will catch it on Paramount Plus <laughs> or the Peacock Box. The Peacock Box, which, uh, by the way, they texted me about oh like my literally God. three days ago, and they were like. <laughs> Please, if you're not using this, bring it back to us. Peacock box update. Peacock box update. Holy shit. So what, like, was there any new info? Were they like, there is legal recourse if you don't bring us back the peacock no, they, box? No, like, they literally just tried a new medium. <laughs> Texting your phone. I would be so mad. <laughs> I get like, I get like, they're like, auto pay confirmations to my phone and so i like got that it was like it was like a double right so it was like a your payment to xfinity has been done successfully and then there was a second text that was like if you're not using the peacock box please oh my god (laughs) i i wonder if they're like could you could you like set up the peacock box or like or like fake set it up and like take a picture of it and just send it back to that text message and be oh like, no, my I'm, god. I'm using it. I'm using it. Leave me I alone. Didn't even, I didn't even consider that. <laughs> How could I stage it? What's what's the best what's the best staging um, for this uh, hostage like, situation? <laughs> put it like under your TV. I mean like it depends. Like you could you could the thing is it's like you could just hook it up, but then you would actually be using the peacock box. So that they then then, then they seems, win, yeah. Then they win exactly. So so I guess like you would take you would take it and put it like in your entertainment center under your TV or something, and just like I don't know, have like like <laughs> give a thumbs up to the camera. Like wow, I'm watching it. I was uh, thinking more of like taking it to the beach and like posing it on. <laughs> On like a like a beach towel with like a like a novelty cocktail with like a little umbrella, like no, we're having a great time. We're having a great time, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Just 
uh, pictures of the peacock box, like in in the backseat of the car with you or something, or yeah, yeah. driving it around, walking it with a leash. Mm-hmm. We're having a great time. I don't need to send it back. <laughs> the I I actually do like the hostage idea, though. You could like. Yeah, give me the speeds that I'm paying for. Maybe speeds that I'm paying for, and I will. I will. God, yeah. Um, Maybe you could like cut. I'm assuming it like it's in. Did they just send it to you? Like just the unit, or like it's in a box, like a cardboard box or something, right? Like yeah, packaging. Yeah, it's in packaging. Uh, I might have even taken it out of the packaging and like put it on the entertainment (laughs) center and like never plugged it in. well, you could cut up the letters on the packaging and send them a ransom note. Just Oh, just... yeah. <laughs> give me my speed, you bastards. <laughs> give me give me a, a, a 100 gigs down or the or the peacock box gets it. <laughs> that's that's what you do if the um if the nice pictures don't work, you know, right. that, that that's their that's the that's the next that's the escalation. Um yeah, if they I keep like that. harassing you about this. God, yeah, I've never, I've had, like, Comcast demand that I return the modem when I, like, cancel the service if I'm moving, right? Right. But that's, that I can at least somewhat understand, because, like, I asked for the modem, right? Like, I rented the modem from them. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It was not, like, it was not, like, foisted upon me. It was, like, free gift, you get to use this, too. And then I didn't use it, and they didn't like that. <laughs> I guess they can probably tell. I I assume maybe that's why they're they're telling you this. Is it like because I'm I, I'm assuming it like plugs into like the cable box on the wall or the router or something, right? So maybe they can tell yeah. that it's not sending a signal. But like, I don't know. Not your problem. Like. <laughs> I didn't want it. And yeah. they, keep, they keep trying to sell me, like, cable and TV and all this shit. And I'm just like, I just need the internet. That's all I need. I just need the fucking internet. Oh, God. You've got to... Maybe... maybe Honestly, the real the real ransom that you could do is just say, like, stop stop asking for the peacock box yet back, or I am going to uh, switch to fiber. And then... There we go. Then then they'll shut up. They'll They'll... They might even like knock your. That that's my favorite thing is when you like you complain once to an ISP and they're like, "Oh, we're so sorry. Um, actually, it, uh, this is so crazy. I didn't tell you about this until just now, but actually, we're not charging you for this month." <laughs> <laughs> that's so crazy. That's so crazy. I forgot to tell you actually that we're having a we're having a um. We're, well, actually, you're our employee of the month. Um, I was going to tell you. But... Oh wow. <laughs> You were able to hold out and not watch the peacock box. So you passed the test. This is a test. That's right. You've, you're becoming stronger by not by not uh, not not yeah, indulging. Yeah, who knows what's on there? <laughs> on peacock, not much. Um, they've got the Harry Potter movies and they've got The Office. So two things I don't want to watch. Yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I think it's probably time for us to get into our chapter. What do you say? Sounds good. Um, so it's baseball week on the Shrieking Shack. 
Baseball uh, week part two. Bam, 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 bam. Yeah, I guess I guess that's true. Yeah, I, it feels like this was the baseball chapter just because so little of it happened in the last one. Um, Speak for yourself. <laughs> right, you got the Quidditch chapter. I did. Oh <laughs> uh, no, no such luck uh, for either of us this week, though. Um, kind of some 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 stuff pops off here. Some. Some conflict is sparking. Some new characters are arriving. Um, I guess I'll read my summary first, and then we'll do the Midnight Sun one. Um, actually, this week, mm. I do not have one. I honestly racked my brain before we did this, <laughs> and I have literally nothing to add. Right, because this, this is a chapter with um, basically like all Edward dialogue. Uh, right. After a certain point, and everyone's in the same place, so yeah, I've got like little reveals about like his mindset and some stuff that's going on, mm-hmm. but I feel like we'll get into that when we're actually talking about talking. it yeah. instead okay. of just throwing it into a summary. So the the it's all you. <laughs> all right. Well, um, let's get into it then. The other vampires are a bit less put together than the Cullens, but after they're greeted warmly by Carlisle, the tension evaporates. Just like Alice's vision predicted, these other vampires heard the sound of baseball and were curious about joining the game. Carlisle lets them down smoothly, saying their game has just finished. The other vampires, Laurent, uh, hold on, uh, uh, Laurent, Victoria, and... James, sorry, it looks like I cut off my description there, um, appear to be a French coven traveling across the U.S. Carlisle asks them not to hunt on the Cullen's grounds, and Laurent agrees amicably. However, just as it seems like the situation has been handled, Edward starts making dog noises at James. James, Bella notices, has picked up her scent. This tips Laurent off as well. However, Carlisle firmly reiterates that Bella is with the Cullen's, and that the French vampires are welcome to come and chat about everything at the Cullen's mansion. Laurent agrees, and the group splits up to head home. Edward whisks Bella away to the jeep, along with Alice and Emmett. As they drive, they argue about their next move. Edward wants to drive Bella far away for her safety, but Bella protests that Charlie will notice that immediately and blow the Cullen's cover. Uh, Alice and Emmett agree, and the team outlines a heist plan. Take Bella home, tell Charlie she's flying back to Phoenix, and then have Alice and Emmett take her to Arizona to watch over her for the duration of the French vampire's visit. Wow. Yeah, packed. uh, Conflict is happening all of a sudden. Conflict is here. This is literally the the conflict is here chapter. Yeah. Um, In in a way where, like, I was really excited reading this because shit was popping off finally. (laughs) But thinking about it more (laughs) broadly... Just, like, comparing it to, like, where it is in the book and what's happening and, like, who these characters are. It's very funny because it it is the most forced conflict, I think, that you could possibly have here. Um, I mean, it's completely absurd, right? Like, we are, what, 75% of the way through this book? Literally, yes. Everything is resolved and then it's like, wait a second, there are some French vampires that have come to town. The French vampires have come to town, and not only has everything been resolved um, already, the French vampires arrive, and then very nearly that problem gets resolved. <laughs> like, we are... The, 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 the chances of this, I guess, happening that 
Alice outlined last chapter were very, very, very slim. Which, of course, in narrative terms, you know that that means that it's going to happen, because that's how stories work. But it's still very funny to, like, dedicate half of this chapter to Carlisle, like, effectively calming the entire situation down and it working. <laughs> <laughs> like, this this whole thing hinges entirely, I guess, on you understanding that these, that these guys are going to be bad news. Um, but they really don't seem all that bad. Like, Edward's the one who kind of, like, <laughs> like rocks the boat, I guess, in this situation. It, it feels like maybe he, th- this this whole situation maybe wouldn't have happened if he hadn't started barking like a dog at James. I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. I get a lot of uh, information um, okay. that I'm yeah. not sure how to how to present as like reveals that I think that um, of any chapter so far, this one has felt the most like, here's the real story of what okay. happened than, yeah. than any of the other ones have. And I, I wish I was more plugged into Twilight fandom because I'm so curious if people are upset by this. Cause I, I think that this is the closest to like knife's edge of a retcon okay sort of situation here that's um, interesting mm-hmm. like because yeah because there there hasn't been there's been a lot of new information i guess seeded in midnight sun that's like irrelevant right like it's just like details about character like like all the stuff with angela right like mm-hmm. we learn a lot about her but that that doesn't matter that doesn't do anything to the story um, so I'm very curious what a, like, the real story looks like for the chap- the one chapter where conflict happens. Um, because, like, it's- for- my chapter is, like, incredibly cut and dry. Like, the- the story is moving again now. Hmm. Um, and so there being a, like, underlying real story, quote-unquote, underneath it is a really funny idea. Like... Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I guess I will outline it, and then we can kind of talk about um, uh, the differences here. Um, It's sort of the two main elements are that, um, uh, and and I think that this one is is probably clear in Twilight, although I guess you can correct me if I'm wrong, that James sort of decides in this moment that he's going to track and kill Bella. Okay. Um, And that is explicit. And that's why Edward starts barking like a dog at him. So Edward is reading his mind and knows this. Yeah, he's reading his mind. He's like, um, he smells Bella and is like, Bella is the most delicious human I've ever smelled. And I not only want to uh, chomp her and eat her, I like love the thrill of the hunt. And I'm going, I'm going to like track her to the ends of the earth and kill her. So that's why mm. he's very upset. Um, and then the other kind of element here is that um, Jasper is doing a spell the entire time um, to make Esme, Alice, and Bella uninteresting to the other coven, the coven of vampires. Mm. Um, and, and it's working nearly the whole time until Carlisle says the name Bella and the spell is broken and they like see Bella for the first time. And that's when James is like, oh, my God, I'm going to kill her. Oh, okay, so that is actually 100%, like, new conflicting information. Mm-hmm. Because the way it works in mine is, is Bella does surmise that Jasper is doing his thing, just, like, generally, right? Yeah. Um, when, when the conversation is happening. 
Um, But uh, when Bella's name is said, it's just glossed over completely. And the reason that I can tell that this is a change is that um, in in my book, when, when Edward and James start going at it, that's when Laurent notices that Bella, like, like notices Bella at all, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, he even goes, like, oh, there's a human here. That's weird. Um, but, like, he, either he's a very good actor in this moment, right? Or um, he le- legitimately did just notice her then because of Jasper's, you know, spell, or, or because Carlisle is good at deflecting the attention away, but, uh, huh. That's yeah. an interesting change. Yeah. So I think it is at that moment that the, the cloaking spell is dropped. Right. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, Bella is here. And they start to notice, but interesting mm-hmm. that, that is very different. Cause, cause the thing is, is that that's not just like a structural retcon or change that that's, that one's a little trickier because in doing that, it shifts the tone of the whole scene because the other vampire, like, like the, the tension in the chapter is when they're like walking up um, and they look a little like menacing. Mm-hmm. And then Carlisle just like completely deftly handles this whole situation. And it like, it, it ramps back down and it, it seems like they are like completely in the clear until Edward and James start squaring off. Mm-hmm. And that shifts the, I think, kind of like the... Uh, like that, that shifts the pivot point of the drama, right? Right. Because they say Bella's name very early. Because Carlisle's like, hello, my name is Carlisle, and this is uh, Edward, Bella, you know, Car- uh, Esme, blah, blah, blah. Like, he, he introduces her very early. Yep, yep. Um, and, yeah, huh, huh. So that, yeah, that just changes the entire tone of the scene. Yeah, interesting, isn't it? Yeah. I, that- I feel like some of it is, yeah, like, this is one where I feel like it's a... Um, overcorrection about Edward's behavior, mm. which I'm I'm not sure because does Edward and yours feel like the instigator? Uh, yes. I mean, like the thing is, is like you know, obviously Edward can still read minds in Twilight, so like, um, I can infer and I, like he talks about it in the Jeep, right? Like, oh, that guy's going, that guy's bad news. He's going to kill you. Like, like, right? Um, so he he clearly pick something up from James, but the way that the scene uh, uh, plays out is that it seems like everything is completely calm, and then Edward starts barking, basically. <laughs> <laughs> like, the scene is, is is fine. Like, like everything... It's like, the... The the best thing I the, the best way I can, like, like, describe like, what works about this scene in Twilight is that the the sudden change is shocking and and like it's not just because the I'm, I'm i'm not just drawing this conclusion because or comparison because edward is like snarling and barking and stuff but it's like it's like two groups meeting at a dog park having a friendly t- <laughs> talk and then all of a sudden their dogs like start going apeshit on each other right like yeah like when that, and that that's like scary like when that happens and it, and it always comes out of nowhere um 
And, uh, <laughs> like, I think that that is why the, like, like that, 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 that like building and easing and then sudden ramping back up of tension is like the fun part of this chapter. And mm-hmm. it seems like Stephanie Meyer kind of undid the fun part of the chapter by making it like, making the vampires have ulterior motives all the way through, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's funny because I, I feel like I liked my chapter quite a bit, but I imagine that I like it in a completely different way than, than original Twilight because it is, it does like shift the tone entirely. Mm-hmm. I, I think that the like main focus of mine, um, was like about the like solidarity of the vampire family. And it's maybe like the first time that I've really bought into that. Mm. Um, like Jasper doing his like cloaking spell and like including Bella in it and Edward being grateful to Jasper for doing that. Um, it's like, I am finally buying into this like weird family unit vampire group. Um, but that's a totally different sort of like tone and vibe from like dog park. Right. Right, because because what works really cool in 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 my chapter is that um, the the scene, as far as the other vampires know, that like they don't know how threatening they're being. Mm-hmm. Um, like that that's sort of like the the conflict here is that uh, other than the fact that they are like you know emerging from the woods looking all scraggly, there's like they're not there to start a fight. Um, uh, you know, Laurenta's like, yeah, hey, I want, uh, there's other vampires here. Cool. Uh, what are, he, he like asks, like, can we play baseball? And then he's like, what are your hunting, you know, what are your hunting spots? And Carlisle's like, oh, just, you know, up and down this ridge, but like, please don't just, just, you know, just in case anyone notices, it's already pretty delicate balance here. And he's like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. And there's this great line, um, to where the, the, uh, Laurenta's like, oh, don't worry. Like we, we just at uh, in Seattle, like, <laughs> which, which is really funny, but it's like, it has, this is like a conversation between peers, right? Like, yeah. Like, oh, hey, I'm just passing through. Like, uh, like, like, do you want to get dinner? No, I just, you know, I got drive through and, and, and on the way <laughs> like that, like that's, you know, there's a sinister edge to it cause they're vampires. But like, I, I appreciate this, like, um, like, like, seeing what vampires just behave like around each other normally, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Midnight Sun, it sounds like it's also interesting with them, with the, the, the Cullens kind of having to go on the defensive because there, there is an ill intent from the get go, which is like still interesting, but I, I like, I like the sort of like, these guys don't know why we're acting weird kind of situation right like (laughs) like the cullens just got caught smoking weed right and they're like having to hide it that's sort of yeah that's sort of like the tone here that i really appreciate yeah um but the family unit stuff is interesting because i think that is great in 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 this chapter um or or rather like i i finally understand to a degree who all of these characters are now yeah, it's about time. In seventy five percent of the way through the book, um, I was I was having a really interesting time reading this and thinking it's so funny that this book went out of its way for like four chapters repeating the story to me about how 
Carlisle was a pastor, right? Mm-hmm. Because I pick that up immediately from this conversation without knowing that, like, right? Like, yeah, like it's in reverse order. Exactly. The, the his behavior here and the way he diffuse the way he handles the situation, um, and there's a specific thing here that he does that I find so interesting, where when they when when, when the vampires do notice Bella, uh, the French vampires notice Bella. And they're like, oh, you brought a snack? And he's like, no, she's with us. And they're confused about it. He, like, continues to extend them this invitation to, like, come and talk about it, right? And, like, talk about the situation. And this scene plays out like a conversion. It does, doesn't it? There's two layers to this that that I find interesting. Number one, I so wish that that Stephanie Meyer had had the confidence to write this to place this scene before we got Carlisle's backstory mm-hmm. because I think that this is incredible showing not telling or whatever however you want to describe it but like the idea that this this person who uh, uh, was was a, a preacher when they were turned, and like that's sort of how they've like tried to continue to live their life, even though now they are a vampire rather than like an Anglican priest or whatever, right? But, but like his behavior here so perfectly embodies that, like those beliefs and that behavior, right? And like that that method of um, conflict resolution, right? Like, he's he's inviting everyone over for, for cookies, and they're gonna talk about God or whatever, right? Like, like that's, that's the vibe Carlisle gives off here. Great characterization. The other thing, too, um, the other layer is that f- reading this and thinking about that, that quote Stephanie Meyer gave of when she was asked about, like, how much of the religious stuff in Twilight was on purpose, uh-huh. right? And, and this, I think is very interesting to square with that because she says that like, Oh, anything that, anything that, 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 that you read that felt like that to you must've come through me like unconsciously because I didn't do it on purpose. Right. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't say that this makes that hard to believe necessarily, but it's like this, this to me is so clearly a, like a portrayal of like, religion in a character's life, right? Um, or like yeah. religious behavior in a character's life that is, I think, impossible to, to like, say isn't inspired by faith, right? Like, like that, that is, that is Carlyle's whole deal. He is, he is behaving like, like someone performing or, or, or trying to initiate a, a conversion, yeah, yeah. I mean, even the setup here, I, I can never remember what's just in Edward's head and what he's reading minds about. But mm-hmm. but one thing that the um, visiting vampires are shocked by is that there's like a lifestyle that isn't just nomadic. They don't understand that at all. Like, yes. how, how do you have... Uh, like permanent hunting grounds or like a permanent place to live and, and that entire setup of, and then Carlisle's like, Oh, well, why don't you come back to my house and we'll talk about it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the, <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny that it, it goes, it goes so beyond just seeming like, um, an ideological like conversion. Right. And I think, I think like maybe the more, even more uncomfortable imagery here is that, these vampires are like emerging from the forest and they're, they are dirty and they are, uh, uh, it, it, you know, they're described as having a lot more like animalistic gait, 
right? Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, they are, you know, they, 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 these are like the the language used to describe them is very similar to the way that I, I don't know, like like pagans are described, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's they they are they are the unwashed heathens, and and Carlisle is 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 there to show them civilization, right? Yeah, it's it's impossible to not look at this and go like this is like the missionary thesis, right? Like this is this this is this is the imagery that is being used here. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. I don't know. Hard, hard to get around saying that's not not religious. No religious bent to this, right? Mm-hmm. Do we get many thoughts from like because Edward's reading minds through this whole thing, presumably this whole <laughs> yeah whole conversation. He sure is. Um, what's going on in like Laurent and Victoria's minds because they don't really rate much in this. Um, Edward is mostly focused on James, I will say, like, uh, like 90% of it. So much so that there is like a, a, um, part of this where he is having like a secret mental war of reading. What is he doing? He's reading James's mind to see what he's going to do next and making like micro movements to adjust his body to like block his like path of attack. Right. So that's like the kind of level of focused on James that Edward is. Um, The others, uh, Victoria, is that her name? Yes. Victoria is like terrified and is looking for like any avenue to escape their situa- situation. Um mm. but it's not really like explained and it it's definitely one of those things where I think that the text is assuming that I know more about these vampires than I actually do. Um so so maybe it will be revealed to me why she is so frightened and mm-hmm. and looking. I mean, I, I think some of it just is literally that if they were to get into a fight with the Collins, they would lose. Right, because um, there's like twice as many of them, right? Like, Yeah, and like even James thinks that, but of course he's like excited by the thrill of the hunt or whatever, mm-hmm. that he doesn't mm-hmm. care and he just wants conflict. Um, but other than that, it's all like really straight up, as in like they really just were there to um, because they were curious and wanted to play some baseball they should have played some baseball with him i don't know uh, yeah <laughs> Exten- seems fine extend the tension out a little longer like, yeah um the thing you mentioned about the book assuming that you know more about these characters than you might you like currently remember is really mm-hmm. interesting because it, it, it's it's interesting reading these two chapters in pair in a pair and your chapter clearly assumes that someone has read not just that chapter, but like the whole book and the whole series, probably, right? Yeah. And yeah. And that's that's so much like extra narrative to consider while rewriting a story. Um because because in my chapter, Victoria especially basically is a non-entity. Um, like, Bella notices that she has, like, flaming red hair, and also that she's really dirty, and she's got, like, a bunch of, like, twigs and leaves and stuff stuck in there. Um, and that's it. Like, she doesn't say anything, she doesn't, like, contribute to the conversation, Edward never mentions her while they're driving home, it's it's all centered around James. Laurent is sort of, like, the face of the conversation, um... Uh, in that, like he he gets a lot to say to Carlisle, but um, James is like the catalyst for the 
this sort of like conflict that breaks out only he doesn't actually do anything in my chapter either <laughs> like the, the, it's this very weird scene where the there the main guy who's talking is not the one who is the threat um the threat is one of the silent characters standing off to the side that edward suddenly starts barking at it's very it's very like glossed over i guess like what what was going on between the two of them right i mean laurent is like super chill um for the most part he kind of has the hots for rosalie is one thing where he's like oh i want to go back to his house and maybe i can talk to that blonde lady a little more um (laughs) and he's like he's like wondering if um all of them are like he he thinks like oh i wonder if she's mated there do they do seem to be even in numbers trying to like figure it out um (laughs) But he's just, like, sort of a dope, I guess. Yeah, he doesn't... Yeah, they just... It it even describes them physically as looking like backpackers. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's sort of just, like, the vibe that they have, is that they're they're walking around and chilling, and they want to play baseball. They heard some baseball, they want to chat and and play a game, and maybe hear about where a good place to, like, eat some guys is. Um, the, The tone of it is great i think in the first half but like the problem with it is that it's it's like both the problem and the thing i like about the chapters that these guys are total nobodies right Mm -hmm. um it's it's great that they're total nobodies and it's like i i like the one-sided worry in the in the scene where it's just like oh fuck are they gonna find out the bell is here or whatever and kill her um but at the same time thinking about that in the broader scope of the book is very funny because this is completely random, like out of nowhere, like, (laughs) (laughs) like the, we're like the third act is starting with like meeting a new character in the park. Yes. (laughs) Which is really not exciting. No. Um, do you think that it would have been better if it was, I'm not saying it is or not, but I'm trying to figure out a different way that this could go, um, where instead of having... If it was James that just showed up and was like, ooh, something smells really good, uh, and the conflict was more, like, at the forefront here, and it was just, like, introducing a villain, would that be mm. better? I th- I think whatever is changed I, I like fundamentally i think that this should have been introduced earlier mm-hmm. it's it's complicated because like i think i i i i'm i'm sort of down on this and i'm i'm like joking about it but i i am not against a story building up for like 90% of it until it finally releases at the last 10% right mm-hmm. it's just that twilight hasn't been building anything up these guys just like showed up right and and midnight sun almost feels like it's it tried to establish that this was a thing that could happen with ha- with the um the other vampire family that comes to play football right like way earlier oh yeah i forgot about them like that like that is so interesting to reflect on now i think because i think that's in- entirely what that was in midnight sun is like a uh an attempt to do something that, like, 
established the the like way that vampires sort of like travel around and meet each other and and and, and talk and stuff and like it might be more dangerous if another vampire shows up but like that's such a limp but it wasn't more dangerous it was fine they played football and then they left again exactly because 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 you can't change what happened in twilight and so you're left with this conflict that you have to like I don't know, like telegraph a little better, but you can't because it's nothing. It's it's unfortunate. Um I think that this evil vampire <laughs> James should have just been in the story earlier. Yeah. Here's here's my like totally like, you know, I, I th- th- this would change Twilight fundamentally, I think. Like like but, but I I do think that this is like my my fix it fix solution here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm sure that I am not alone in, in this. I'm sure that this has got to be like at least a third of whatever you find on like AO3 or whatever. But surely James should have been like the romantic rival or something, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, it's super weird because this is one of my big problems with my chapter, and I can't remember if this comes up in Twilight at all. Um, but when James smells Bella, he's like, he's like singularly fixated on her. It's just like this right. is the most delicious human that I've ever smelled, and this is something that we know happens to vampires, and it's yeah. like it's almost a like pseudo soulmate thing going on. Mm-hmm. Um, Except Edward is, like, so so good and pure and wonderful that instead of, like, the base instinct taking him over and having her him kill Bella, he um, does not um, and is, you know, moved by the power of love or whatever it is. Right. Um, so it's odd to introduce this other vampire who it says in my book is having this, like, same pull toward her but is motivated by the power of evil, uh, <laughs> that setting them as opposites, as kind of romantic rivals in a in a messed up way, right? <laughs> yeah. But yeah. it's happening, like, right at the end, and he's just wandering up into their baseball game. Right. Like, it seems like, honestly, it, it, it's, it's shocking to me that this is not the setup for Twilight, because this feels like the easiest, um, like... Like, if you want to run, like, like you wouldn't even have to, like, change, like, the ideology or, or whatever of the book to do this, I don't think. You have James as, like, the irrepressible bad boy in the abstinence metaphor, right? Who, like, maybe he's like, ooh, I could turn you, Bella. Wouldn't that be cool? We could live forever as, like, evil vampire couple. Um, I'm like offering that to her straight up as like, you know, that, that's, that's your, if if we're, if we're running with Twilight's weird, complicated, like sex metaphor, right? Like that would be it. Right. Yeah. Um, and, or or maybe he's lying and he, maybe, maybe he, uh, uh, you know, he wants to, to, to eat her, suck her blood or whatever, but isn't telling her that and is, and is just like leading her on until he can do that. Right. Like he's, you know, he's, yeah, he's, he's on the hunt. Yeah. He's buttering her up or whatever. And then he's gonna, he's gonna strike at the, 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 the last moment. Um, and then Edward is the, is, is the nice one who, who, who loves, who loves God and goes to Sunday school and, and, and he has a nice family. He has a nice family and he's going to marry her, right? You know, but like, like that's, that, that seems like it would be a much better, uh, 
setup is is for there to be like you know if 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 Bella is discovering this like supernatural world for there to be some sort of push and pull between the good and evil as presented by the book like sides of it right instead we meet Edward who is already like serving the ultimate good guy in this in this like paranormal world right like like mm-hmm. carlisle the the impossibly kind pastor who who is like reformed vampire society you know like <laughs> like he like he is hanging out with like vampire martin luther more or less like like he is doing the vampire reformation yeah um and you you i think would like want to build to that right and and like like explain what makes the cullens different and and show what the alternative to the cullens is rather than like starting with them i don't know like it, it I, no matter how you would arrange it james needed to be introduced earlier yes i mean it it is in this moment absurd to me that bella has encountered a serial killer at, at this point, instead of having any kind of cohesive, like, conflict. Yeah, what? <laughs> let's, let's walk through what Bella's, like, life has been like in this book so mm-hmm. far. Um, what? So, she, uh, was menaced by, by a famous serial killer in Port Angeles. <laughs> yeah. Um, she, uh, might have, but didn't get eaten by a, uh, evil football vampire. Right, yes. Uh, (laughs) um, now there's a whole-ass French vampire coven here who, uh, like, one of them has decided they want to eat her. Like... Remember when she almost got hit by a car? She almost got hit by a car. Like, any of these things could be, like, the climax, you know? (laughs) But instead, they just sort of happen to her, and they're, like, inflicted upon her by, like, non-characters. Like, yeah, oh my god, you bringing up the the car thing. The, The book spent so much time convincing me that, like, Tyler and all those guys were gonna, like, matter to the plot. Right. They don't. We're, no. They haven't come up for like five chapters, it feels like. It feels like she didn't go back and like rewrite anything. Yes. Cuz to me, as soon as you you have you get to James, you rewrite James back into the earlier parts of the novel, yeah, right? Maybe totally. take the serial killer out. Yeah. And just put James in there. What if, what if what if um like Tyler or one of one of the the boys who's been nice to her and has been like trying to like court Bella throughout this whole book was James and mm. like Edward either knew and was like tracking him and there was a whole sort of like conflict like, oh why do you hate that guy so much type thing or maybe he doesn't know either. 
That'd be you so know. cool. And then it turns out that, like, you know, oh, this, like, oh, and, you know, and Bella's agonizing. It's like, oh, you know, J- James, he's so nice to me, and he's not a vampire. And, but Edward is so hot and is a vampire. And that's a little, you know, well, am I going to die? Am I, am I going to get eaten? And then it turns out, oh, no, both of them are vampires. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Something. Like, some, anything, anything to, like, string a conflict, or, uh, like, longer than a chapter. I mean, these, like, French vampires just walked out of the woods. They walked out of the woods, and, like, Alice, I guess, didn't look far enough ahead to, like, she saw that they were playing baseball, and that the weather would be good for baseball. Did not see at any point that, like, oh, fuck, some French guys are gonna come out of the woods. (laughs) (laughs) These ratatouille-ass vampires are gonna be there. We should play baseball a different day. I don't know. I, I, I love the fact that conflict's happening. I love the, like, mundane vampire talk. I love that there's sort of, like, an ideological clash between these two groups. It's just that it's sim- I mean, like this is similar to like a lot of like the best chapters of Harry Potter that we have to deal with, right? Where it's like, this is a good chapter. Um, it really speaks poorly of everything that came before, like the structure of the story, right? Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. It's it, it's just clunky. What's um, what's what's going on in James's head? Like 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 because there's a long conversation here. And we've got Edward presumably listening in on everything. Like, what's going on? Like, is 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 Edward reading their reactions to Carlisle? What's what 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 is the bulk of the Edward stuff in the beginning of this? Mm. He's really tense and upset, and he's mad at himself for letting Bella go to the baseball game, um, and that this was so foolish, and she's in horrible danger, and he would do anything to protect her. And on and on. And then he just becomes so fixated on James. So that's all okay. he's that's all he's about. Huh. Huh. Yeah. I, I, I guess I guess the meat of Midnight Sun's chapter has got to be in the Jeep drive then. Right. Like because a lot's going on there. Mine, mine doesn't have any meat is the thing. It's a, <laughs> it really is an effect of. It thinking I know more than I do, and mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say the best example of this is, so, the end of last chapter, Edward was reading Alice's mind to see the possible futures of the strangers arriving, right? Mm-hmm. And so going into this chapter, the first line is, by the time the strangers entered the clearing, their faces were already so well known to me that it felt as though I were recognizing them rather than seeing them for the first time. Mm. And then it just proceeds to not describe them to me. <laughs> yeah, that's classic. Like, you've read this book before. You've it's read like- this book before. <laughs> it's like, well, I mean, I guess that's not an unfair assumption, but that's a really bad, like, place to be writing a book from. I don't know. That That's what this entire chapter is, is that it's just like, you know what it is. You know what I it don't. is. And I don't. I, like, super don't. And even <laughs> if I did, would I not want to know what Edward is thinking? Like, yeah. Like, you can describe something in a characterful way. Right? Like, maybe Edward is noticing some things different than Bella would have noticed. But it's like, it's as if descriptions of things are just static, right? Like, there is, there's nothing else other than, like, Bella's objective. Right. 
like viewing of it that like what could Edward even have to add? Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of a bummer. Because because Be- Bella notices, um, surprise surprise, uh, uh, the the hair color. Uh, that's her first thing. Is like, wow, everyone's hair is this color and it is styled this way. Um, and then also that they're like scraggly and that Laurent, the French guy, is hot. Um, nice. Th- maybe Edward would I don't know <laughs> focus on like. Oh, that shirt had uh, my 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 vest with no sleeves looks way cooler than that guy's shirt. I don't know. Like, there's got to be right. well, like you say a characterful way to have him to d- deliver the same information, right? Yeah, uh, but he mostly seems interested in just like thinking about the conversation that they're having. Like he. I don't know how else to describe it. Like when Carlisle is kind of um, saying where they hunt and specifically not specifying that they don't hunt people or whatever. And we're just like, they do not notice that Carlisle is being, is leaving information out on purpose, like <laughs> nudge, nudge. And I'm like, I really don't, I get it. Right. <laughs> it's weird how much trust is placed in the audience to remember some things, but not to pick up things that are literally there on the page that anyone could like infer. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 wild. I mean, he spends like a lot of time listening to Bella's heartbeat and is noticing her heartbeat like stuttering or getting faster based on what's happening in the conversation. Just like, okay. Um <laughs> like yeah, like character says something menacing, like her heartbeat stuttered. So, so yeah, there's just not a whole lot of meat here. Um, there is some stuff that's introduced, and, and I'm curious how much of an impression you got in original Twilight about this, but um, you know how in Vampire Diaries, like, Stefan is, like, a ripper? Yes, there's different styles of vampire attack, right? Yeah, it's, like, a thing, right? It's, like, yeah. and, and you kind of understand the gravity of that as, like, a kind of vampire that you can be and i I think that like edward probably lets on earlier than um than it's talked about in twilight that like he is he is recognizing james as a tracker as a thing that you can be he he absolutely does and i found that baffling and that's (laughs) like the most that's the weirdest part of my chapter is that he drops like he's a tracker alice like it's like a big bombshell, right? right. And I'm like, I'm like I I understand what a tracker is in real life. It's some you know someone who hunts stuff and can track well, right? But like the <laughs> the gravity with which he delivers that information, you know, it's like he's saying like he's a Jedi or something, right? Like I'm, <laughs> it's supposed to have that level of import to me, and it just doesn't really. Like yeah, yeah. I I mean I think Midnight Sun just goes and takes that and over explains it during the scene in the in the baseball field yeah yeah that's huh (laughs) that's that's too bad he loves the thrill of the hunt isn't that horrible i mean that that's the weirdest part too is that like as far as we know edward is also a really good tracker is he not a capital t tracker though like because he's always tracking people (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but to protect them from meteors. <laughs> protect them from meteors or like or like uh uh getting or, or also Carlisle, also a tracker. He tracked down the serial killer for for him. So. 
When Edward got up in the tree, he he says, got in by usual tree. Is that not tracking? (laughs) My usual tree is so good. (laughs) Right. It's, yeah, it's like there's a little lore pamphlet I was supposed to read before reading Twilight that, like, explained what the, uh, there's the, there's the tracker, there's the, the ripper, there's the, the, the flyer. I don't know. What are, what are the vampire classes? Let's hash this out. Tracker? Uh. Normal. Uh, normal. <laughs> Tracker, normal, <laughs> uh, tank, and, um, <laughs> I guess Emmett's the tank, right? Like, he... Oh, he... for sure. <laughs> I mean, we know Emmett's not a tracker, and, the, like, <laughs> this is honestly... So, I'm still stuck on this thing about James, like, being attracted to Bella similarly to the way Edward is attracted to Bella. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, uh, there is some stuff in Midnight Sun about how Emmett has, like, experienced that. I think we talked about this, that Emmett experienced that attraction before to, yeah. like, two people and ended up killing them. Yes. Um, it, and I'm like, is that... Is that better than being a tracker? Like, is it better that he killed them without <laughs> tracking them down first? Oh, oh. Uh, we, this guy's bad news. He's a tracker. Unlike Emmett, the girlfriend murderer. There's like, the, the impulse killer. The impulse killer. The guy who might snap at any moment, I guess. <laughs> Great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's... Yeah, that that that's an odd that's an odd moral stance for the for the book to take. Or or it's like it, it's not a moral stance that the book's taking, but it accidentally becomes one just by nature of it being deployed like that's like the big moment, right? Of like he's a tracker, like he he's never going to stop like give up and uh, uh and 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 you know, not kill her or whatever. And it's like, well, Okay, but you just spent the last four chapters talking about how, like, you did exactly that to, like, other serial killers. Like, you were Dexter. Or, like, is that not tracking? Is that not... Is that... uh, Does he have, like, a special... Can he, like, hold LT and, and, like, see a trail? Like, what's the difference between what what this guy does and and what Edward does? And, And the more I think about that the more frustrating it is that James is not a more prominent character in the rest of the book, because it really feels like the easiest thing in the world here would be to have these two guys have a, like, you're not so different you and I moment. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Like, yes. (laughs) I just want to know more about this tracker stuff. What, what if, what if, James and Edward and Bella like all met in like a parking lot like after a movie or something and and James was like Ed- Edward's not who he says says he is Bella he he was a killer he he's killed so many people and Edward's like that was different I killed serial killers and Bella would have to like choose you to trust right like a story I don't know right that sounds good do do anything to make these characters characters, you know? Like this is this should be the most important guy, the guy who's going to kill our protagonist. Right. Um and he's just sort of like and he's going to track her down first. Oh, I'm sorry. I was doing the voice wrong. I forgot the reference. This ad well, he is not who he says he is. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's it's just a mess when you get... It's like 
everything about this chapter is like really exciting and fun, but if you touch it, it just like completely falls apart for me. Like it's it's really funny. Um, Edward points out in mine that um, the French vampires think in English, and I what. <laughs> don't know i don't know if that's like a lore thing like i'm supposed to go like oh i understand that because i know these vampires or if it's like a um explanation as to why edward can read their minds like you mentioned the thing about how edward used al like edward read alice's mind while she was seeing a future and like got to double dip on the power basically Mm -hmm. and i was gonna ask like so does Edward speak French? <laughs> because would, would these guys be thinking in French? Well, don't you worry. Do you have that on hand? I want to hear what the book's explanation for that is. I don't have it on hand, but I don't think that there is literally anything other than like, <laughs> oh, they don't think in French. That's so cheap. That's really funny. <laughs> I mean, like that that is totally a like she noticed this and thought it was a plot hole she had to address. I mean, that doesn't, it doesn't really matter, right? Like, it doesn't change the dramatics of the chapter. Although maybe it would if, like, he couldn't read their minds because they were thinking in French, right? Yeah, wouldn't that be cool? That would be fucking awesome, actually, now that I think about it. Holy shit. It's like, it's like this power that seemed completely invincible up until this point, and then he just, like, (laughs) gets completely bulldozed by some French guys because he can't speak French. Yeah, that rocks. That would be fucking awesome. God, okay, this is an insane comparison, but I, I have to I have to bring this up. Because um, Edward's mind reading is so pivotal, the Twilight, in a way that's really funny, because it doesn't... Like, it, it, it's, it's such a... It, it's a power that, like, neuters the ability to, like, tell a story, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's, it's so... We, and we'll get into that, but... Um, I just watched a run of the worst episodes of Star Trek Voyager. Um, <laughs> uh, Tattoo, the, the, the Chakotay history one. Yep. Um, Threshold, the Lizards one. Yep. And um, But then it was all worth it because there's like one really cool episode after that, mm-hmm. which is the one where um, Tuvok mind melds with the, with the, uh, the sicko killer guy. Oh, hell yes. Which is a fucking awesome episode. Yeah, that um, rocks. Because he, he, you know, he doesn't, you know, this guy does like a random crime and he's like, I didn't, I, you know, I had no motive, motive. I just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a sicko. I, I just wanted to kill him. <laughs> and Tuvok just like goes nuts being like, that doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. I, I'm going to mind meld with you. And, and he, uh does that and then like understands like the concept of violence once he does that (laughs) and it like drives him mad because he's like he's gotten like uh like you know this guy's entire lifetime of dealing with violent impulses like beamed into his brain and now it's like conflicting with his like vulcan uh, emotion suppression stuff and he can't handle it and i was like wow what a really cool creative thing to do with the concept of mind reading like, yeah. like you, you, you peer into someone's mind and like, you, you don't just like hear their thoughts in like a linear pattern. You like absorb their ideology, right? Like that's fucking cool. Um, and, and like, I was just watching that thing about like, man, Edward's so boring. <laughs> like 
Edward could Edward could have so, there's so many ways to do mind stuff in in fiction that would be more interesting than what Edward has. Yeah, I think that to do a mind reading story, you have to consider why you're doing that. Mm-hmm. Like, like from a point of view character, right? There has to be like a damn good reason you're letting your point of view character read minds. Yeah. And Edward was never made to be a point of view character, so he was never given that reason. Right. And so it's just complete, it's complete nonsense. It's, it's, it's frustrating because not only is the information that he's getting, like, too airtight, I guess. Like, like he's just, like, hearing people's, like, I guess, literal inner monologue. As if that's, like, how things work, right? Like, like mm-hmm. pe- people's brains just have, like, one one track going at any, any time. And it's, like, they're, they're, like, narrator, basically. But I think the thing that really kills it is, like, if you want to simplify mind reading to that that's totally fine the problem is that like his own reactions to that information are not characterful of like they don't they don't flesh him out as a character either right it it, it, it's it's like total anathema to storytelling you can't round out the characters having the thoughts because the story's already happened and any thoughts that they would have um you know, couldn't couldn't change what had already happened. But also, if you like, you could round Edward out as a character by playing with his reactions to people's thoughts. But he he's just kind of like above it all at all times. It's just treated like an extra layer of dialogue. But because it's a retelling of Twilight, it can't be consequential dialogue because it didn't happen. <laughs> It's honestly, like, a little mind-bending to think about too hard. And, like, how little it makes sense for, for, like, telling a story. Yeah. Um, This is a great segue into the Jeep scene, I think, um, which is the second half of this chapter. Time to strap into the Jeep. (laughs) So, there's some really fun descriptions uh, of of Bella getting strapped into the the off-road harness of this Jeep. Um, (laughs) But also, on the way to the Jeep... There's a really unflattering description that I uh, that I think sounds worse than it than it's like intended to. Um, once we were into the trees, Edward slung me over his back without <laughs> breaking his stride, like, like a just, sack of potatoes. Exactly, just picking her up like a bag of dirt. And like, <laughs> I, I think the image is meant to be that like he's you know giving her a piggyback ride, but like angry style, you know, but. Like, I just love the idea of just, like, yoinking her. Like, <laughs> we're going to the Jeep, bye. Um, but uh, this Jeep conversation is, like, I mean, it's it's a four-character conversation, which is already, like, that's a lot to manage in, a, in, a, in, in any narrative, right? And I can't imagine what it's like reading it through Midnight Sun's narrative device. Oh, it's hell. 
absolute <laughs> hell. It's so confusing. And and I will say that like 99% of it is Edward reading Alice's mind while she sees the future, oh but, my doesn't, God. but doesn't say anything about what he's actually seeing. So it's not even like a vision. It's not like an excuse to have like a dream sequence or a vision right. sequence or anything like that. It's like Edward going, I looked at Alice's visions and tried to find a a good future and I there were so many possibilities and I couldn't see the way through the possibilities Ugh. the whole time that is honestly nightmarish because it's not it's not that it's just um four people in a car and and one of them can read minds it's four people in a car one can read minds and one can see the future right so it's just like the amount of crap you have to keep track of to have this narrative make any sense. I mean, like, honestly, if it, <laughs> this is like approaching like literary feat territory. If this was like accomplished, if this was like a whole novel, like where all of your characters like didn't think the way humans think, right? Um, uh-huh. But because this is Twilight, it's just like a little fun, you know, genre fiction story. It's just like, it's just like adding a bunch of crap onto what should be a fairly straightforward, exciting, like, heist planning scene. Yeah, I don't think that it is considered in a way... It is it is it is as if none of it is considered. Right. <laughs> Period. Yeah, yeah it, it's like... Stephanie Meyer loves creating these characters that have interesting powers. And then whenever she, like, puts them in scenes together it feels like she's trying to find a way to write around the fact that they have powers. And it's like, I, it, it literally is the, like my brother in Christ thing, right? It's like, you made the characters. You, <laughs> <laughs> you made, you, you chose the, the fact that these characters have all these stupid powers that can interact in weird ways. Right? Like <laughs> you can't, there's no way to get around or, I mean, there's plenty of ways to get around it. Number one being just don't write them as having those powers if you don't like using them. Like, holy shit, right? Like, I mean, it's probably fine from Bella's perspective, right? Because she doesn't have any powers, so she just gets tiny little windows yes. into these other characters that have powers and, like, when they come up. But when it's from the point of view of the characters that have the powers and they're <laughs> yes. not considered in any way but also can't break the confines of right. the story that's already been written. <laughs> right. They're, Nightmarish. They are, they are cosmically trapped in a crystal prison of the original book, right? Like, there's, there's nothing they can do that makes being portrayed from a new perspective interesting or worthwhile. Right. It's, it's, a, it's a shame, too, because, like, I... I in in Twilight, reading Twilight, I really enjoyed this moment. And and at first I was like a little excited, like, ooh, this feels like it's an opportunity for Midnight Sun to actually like do something, you know, like mm-hmm. with the scene. But I guess not is the answer, right? Yeah. I mean it's just is pretty I mean, obviously it's a word for word the same conversation, but Edward is just just upset, you know? He's yeah. reading Alice's mind, and sh- and sh- he's upset that she's so calm. Um, and then there's a long, a very long and complicated logistics, future reading logistics puzzle, where he's trying to figure out why 
I don't even know how to explain it. So they are going through with their plan, their heist plan or whatever, and Edward is reading Alice's mind as she's reading the future, and he's trying to figure out why um, the, pe- the like configuration of who's going with who is different <laughs> in multiple visions, and he can't figure that out, which sounds kind of interesting. Uh, but the answer is that, like, Emmett really wanted to go hunting. Um, so he's like has a strong will and is ending up in these future visions. <laughs> anyway, Emmett, it's Emmett, just it's like, absurd, right? This family crisis was coming up and Emmett's like, "Uh, I was going to go to the midnight release of Halo 3. I'm <laughs> I'm busy." <laughs> <laughs> Emmett rocks. Yeah, Emmett Emmett honestly MVP of this chapter. Um He's just like the, the big dumb guy who who who's like it's 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 all gonna work out it's all gonna work out and he's right it probably is all gonna work out yeah Emmett this whole time is just like whatever we'll just kill him <laughs> Emmett Emmett is like Goku in that like his his entire uh uh. uh like response to crisis is number one okay well i'm going to handle the situation and number two maybe i can have a badass fight to handle the situation (laughs) (laughs) he's he's so cool he's he's like completely calm while edward like edward is really like freaking the fuck out in this scene like he is he is uh uh swearing under his breath he's driving at a 115 miles an hour by the way this conversation is taking place at (sighs) in an open air jeep um, unnecessary <laughs> so that's like the 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 staging here similar to the the drive home from port angeles makes everything happening 10 times funnier um but like you know bella bella is like trying to calm him down and trying to explain that like there's a probably a better plan here and Emmett is just like Emmett just keeps on chiming with like i think bella's right just like really <laughs> He's just like, yeah, this sounds great. I get to fight a guy. That sounds great. I, I choose, I, I choose Bella's plan. Like he's having a great time. Yeah. Um, and 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 more to the point, he's keeping his cool. He is he is not uh, he is not getting as mad as Edward is. Edward's really letting his uh, his anger control him here in a way that uh, Emmett really looks good in comparison to. Yep, this is this is just another case of me not uh, understanding the sexy fantasy of Edward, where he's just like <laughs> flying off the handle, and meanwhile we've got this like hunk in the back seat being really calm and being like, "I'll just fight him." I'll just fight it's him. Fine. It's awesome. It's it it makes it honestly really weird that Emmett is the one who um, I guess accidentally lost control and killed two of his lovers, right? Because mm-hmm. it really makes it, Edward is the one who seems like he's having a real fucking hard time controlling himself. Emmett, Emmett just seems like head empty, no no conflict. He's he's good. He's he's happy. Yeah, yeah. He's got it all figured out. <laughs> he really does. He's uh, it, like Edward is. Edward is screaming at them. I mean, like he uh, uh edward turned on her in fury his voice a blistering snarl snarl gets used a lot this chapter by the way yeah um there is no other option emmett and i both stared at him in shock but alice seemed unsurprised so like em- emmett is just like you know stuck in a stuck in a bummer car ride with his buddy <laughs> <laughs> and like i don't know he's really uh He's really, he's really, um, 
cute. There's there's one there's one moment too where um you know because because Bella is like okay listen if 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 you just like kidnap me basically uh Charlie will like call the cops <laughs> like like he's not for, first of all she says that Charlie's not stupid which I I not sure is true but like <laughs> he's not stupid and he will call the FBI on you <laughs> um uh but uh so she 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 gives this plan where she's like, uh, you take me back. No, he interrupted. I glared at him and continued, you take me back. I tell my dad I want to go home to Phoenix. I pack my bags. We wait until the tracker is watching, and then we run. He'll follow us and leave Charlie alone. Charlie won't call the FBI on your family. Then you can take me any damn place you want. They stared at me, stunned. It's not a bad idea, really. Emmett's surprise was definitely an insult. <laughs> 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 Which I feel like is a very good... Bella characterization moment because I super don't read that as an insult. No, he's just nice. He's chill. I like him. I think Emmett's gonna get some boyfriend points this Emmett week. Kind of stealing all the boyfriend points this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's I don't know when you've got when when you're two when the two guys in the car are like you know one's 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 screaming and yelling and driving too fast and cussing at everyone and the other one <laughs> the other one is just this like giant beefcake he's going like yeah i don't know i'll find him i'll i'll kick his ass what's the problem <laughs> i know who the- gets the boyfriend points in that situation <laughs> he he's like literally he is like in in this scene he is just like strictly better edward honestly like still still has the like i don't know like the 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 masculine air of like violence and protection around him mm-hmm. right but mm-hmm. he's like a nice cool guy who's fun and it's like not a weirdo about it yeah it's and like, there's that like protective like guy fantasy or whatever but at this point the colons have like kind of circled around bella Right. Together. So it's just like he kind of gets the benefit of of that and Edward is just being like a weird freak. Ed, Ed, Edward is being is Edward's being weird and like demanding he solve it all himself, which is a weird thing to do when he has like an entire team of vampires who are like not do not even need to be convinced to help. They're like on board with the Bella situation it seems. Yeah. Like is that's a good question actually. Is Rosalie is Rosalie thinking about ratting Bella out? Like, like, what's going on with the the non-believers at this point? Rosalie has faded out of the scene. Oh, okay. completely. Um, <laughs> I there might be like a throwaway line about her like always siding with her family or something, but she is a one hundred percent non-presence. Because there's another angle for conflict, right? If it's, like, everyone in the family is on board with, with like, making sacrifices for Bella, except Rosalie, who's like, no, what? Like, this is stupid. She's a human, right? Like, because she's (laughs) already got some resentment towards Bella, as has been outlined. It would be interesting if that conflict comes back or matters, you know? Um, Perhaps she goes and stands on the side with the French vampires. Yeah, that'd be fucking cool. Maybe, like, who knows? I've not read this series, so, like, maybe that is where this is going. But it's just, like, I, (laughs) I, like, I'm surprised that that was not, like, something Edward pointed out 
in this like blowout fight about everything that's happening, right? Like I can't trust Rosalie or I don't know what Jasper's up to, or like I can't trust you guys for XYZ reason. Like he he just seems to be arguing for the sake of it in this scene. Mm-hmm. And Emmett's cool. Emmett's chillin'. <laughs> Emmett's yeah, they're in his Jeep too. Yeah, he's letting he he should not be letting Edward drive. I don't no. think Edward, I don't think Edward should be driving. I think and I bet Emmett has way cooler music taste. Let him drive. Give oh, him the yeah. ox. Yeah. I bet he I bet he'd be really fun to hang out with. Emmett, Emmett MVP. Absolutely. Yeah. Um Although Alice is not bad either in, in this scene either. Like honestly, everyone except Edward kind of comes out pretty well here. Yeah, I think so. Al- Al- Emmett is just an MVP, but Alice is Alice is is calm. Alice is like super calm and like obviously very thoughtful. And there, it's funny that you mentioned the tracker thing mm-hmm. because there's a moment at the at the at the end of the conversation that I am now curious about that I hadn't thought about before. Is Alice another special kind of vampire other than her power? Because there's there's the bit where. Uh, like, like, they finally calm Edward down, and he's like, can you handle this to Alice? And there's this line, and graceful little Alice pulled back her lips in a horrific grimace and let loose with a guttural snarl that had me cowering against the seat in terror. So, like, is she, like, Zam Wessel or something? Like, like what's going on with that? <laughs> no, she's not, like, a special kind of vampire. It just is literally, like, she thinks that he's being, like, can you fight him if he shows up? And she's like, yes, I can. I, I'm a, I'm a vampire as well. Okay. So, cause, cause it's, it's the, the, the way it's described is so different. Like it's physically different, I guess, like the, 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 the scary grimace or whatever. Um, I was curious if she had like a special other power or something in, in reality, this is just like the vampire version of the scene in like every comedy where like all of the guys have a burping contest and then the girl burps the loudest. Right. Yep, is that, yep. is that that's, okay? That's all that is. <laughs> there's, there's like something else that's going on because, um, I guess the little midnight sun extra, the DLC of this scene is that, um, Alice sees a possible future that will, thwart the tracker and it's that if they turn bella into a vampire he will lose interest um oh. and so he has read her mind to see that possible future and is enraged by it and so at the end of the scene where he's like can you handle this it is like sort of a combination of like can you fight this guy but then also he says keep your opinions to yourself and then that's about telling her not to tell bella that her becoming a vampire is a solution to the problem. Uh, okay. Okay. That, okay. I will give them, <laughs> I will give Stephanie Meyer exactly one point here. Um, <laughs> she, she did create one little interesting wrinkle in, in the like different character perspective there. That's yeah. something. Yeah. That's, that explains why he's being so mad for like no reason. Like, yep. I, that was, that's like, 
the two things that are like feel like apologetics in this chapter mm. is like it tries to explain why Edward is like losing his entire shit and like being <laughs> sort of horrible. And it's like, yeah. okay, but you don't understand that he is reading future visions this whole time and is very distracted by them. Yeah, that's that's. That's the first one of these that I've gone like, okay, that makes sense. You mm-hmm. know, that's that's the kind of thing that I would read a story from another character's perspective to learn, right? Like to to get to get inside their head and figure out what what they think of these events, right? Like that's that's something. <laughs> that's yeah, I mean, he's barely even like paying attention to the conversation that's happening, mm. and is like actively having to be pulled away from like. He, it's like he's he's in Alice's mind palace trying to figure out what to do, and every time mm-hmm. someone talks to him, they're like pulling him out of it, and he's like already made up his mind that he's dealing with it himself. <sighs> Edward, that's a really dangerous thing to do while you're driving. Don't enter right? mind palaces while driving. Agree. That's distracted driving. That's no good. Don't do no. that. No. Um. Here's here's another thing that I'm curious about how Midnight Sun portrays this scene. How is Bella's plan taken? Because mm. I something that I'm not sure about, and, 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 and something that I'm not sure about that I, I, I enjoy not being sure about, is like, how actually plausible and smart is this idea? Because she, like, like obviously she's desperate and she's trying to, like, find a way to make this all happen without rocking any boats, right? And the best thing that she comes up with is, oh, I'm going to go home and tell my dad that I'm flying to another state and leave. Um, And I'm curious whether Edward has, like, any thoughts about how that's going to go down or any, like, it, it it's... It's a very, like, spur-of-the-moment plan, and I'm curious if the book, like, talks about that, if that makes any sense. Um, no. And it's funny, because I had exactly the same thought, which is that this sounds like a terrible plan. Right. I mean, not a terrible, but it's just, like, it's, like, Saturday morning cartoon-type plan. <laughs> right. Um, and it's, it's sort of... Um, silly if it really wants me to think that this is like a a supernatural tracker specialization vampire that like why on god's earth would this ever work yeah um or whatever but when she tells when she says the plan um edward thinks oh so she wasn't thinking entirely irrationally offering herself as a sacrifice in exchange for charlie's life or protection she had a plan and then Emmett muses that um he had little faith in the tracker's abilities he'd rather leave a trail to follow than have no idea from what direction the enemy would appear alice considered um and is now reading the futures that are generated by Bella's plan. So it's okay. all just taken pretty on its face. Okay, okay. Because, like, I, I, I was, th- there's a fun ambiguity here on, like, how much of this is just them desperately bargaining with fate, right? Like, oh, this, like, this clearly silly plan will work, right? Like... Because, like, it is a very, like, like the logistics of this, like, the, her dad letting her do it at all. Um, does Bella have the cash for a plane ticket? Uh, there's there's a lot of things here that are, like, really, 
uh i mean like you know the vampires will take her but like her, her that's gonna be her dad's first question right or second question after no you're not and then second question you can't afford a plane ticket you're 17 right nope this is gonna work great I mean, even Alice is, like, seeing the future of how this is going to go, and it, it doesn't, there's not, like, a bunch of futures where it's, like, no, Bella, he won't <laughs> let you get on a plane. Like, that yeah. doesn't even, it doesn't even come up. That's, okay, that's, yeah, I guess if, if Alice is seeing futures based on this idea, then it's, like, it's airtight, right? Yep, like, pretty much. That's, that's funny. That's too bad. I was kind of hoping that that would be, like, because that, that's sort of, like, that's one of those moments where you're like, oh, it's fun that the character is, you know, like, young and not very experienced and not very smart, right? Being thrust into this crazy situation and being like, mm-hmm. uh, well, here's this will work. I will tell my dad I'm flying to a different state and leave. I, I get the impression that if there was any better option, that the vampires would not have gone along with it, is what I'd say. Yeah. Do they... Does does Edward have any extra details about... Because the, the plan they are describing is, like... If you ignore the part where Charlie's involved, like, I get taking her very far away makes sense. Um, except for the fact that, like, the vampires can run at, like, 900 miles an hour. And presumably he will still be able to smell her, right? Like, is he locked on to her at this point? He's the tracker, it's it, it seems like not a great idea. I don't I don't have an answer about the smell thing. Okay. Um See, this is where I get really confused because um this is the part where uh new visions were crowding fast upon the old. We'd split up three different directions, leaving only the trail we wanted to leave. She saw Emmett and Carlisle hunting in the forest. Sometimes Rosalie was there too, sometimes it was Emmett and Jasper, but no grouping held stable. And Edward gets really fixated on this part where it's like no like configuration of the family members stays the same in all the visions, but it doesn't ever amount to anything. The words were... He had made up his mind before the words were even out of Lorenz's mouth, says Edwards. Maybe he did Maybe he did actually refer to reading James's mind a little early on here. Mm. Um, interesting. Interesting. Okay, I'll give, I'll, give, I'll give Midnight Sun a little bit more credit. <laughs> um, I have some tracker lore. Tracker lore, fuck yes. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is like anti-lore because it... it Sounds like it's going to explain what it is, and then doesn't mm. really, but I'll see, I'll see if you find this satisfying. Okay. Um, this is right after um, Edward goes, he's a tracker. Um, <laughs> uh, we'd not had a great deal of exposure to trackers, aside from stories. The most powerful of them were far away, Ooh. serving in Italy. Carlisle knew one, but as far as he, but as he was the furthest thing from sociable, none of us had ever met Alistair. Emmett and Alice only knew trackers as those with a talent for finding things, finding people. They didn't understand the concept in the more dynamic sense. James didn't just have a talent for finding people. Tracking was everything to him. Oh, well, that's something. I <laughs> I looked it up on the Twilight Wiki. Yeah. Um. Oh, wait, no, hold on. Oh, there's Okay, there's multiple Twilight Wikis here. Uh, twyfan, twyfan dot fan. Okay, so that's a fan on wiki. I won't read that one. I won't make that mistake. Um, 
But this one, tracking sense. James, Demetri, and Alistair are three vampires, each showing closely related special abilities that can generally be called tracking (laughs) sense. They can locate the position and movements of a target, generally a living being, possibly intended as prey, but on occasion, even inanimate objects. What? While most vampires track their targets using the five senses, these vampires track them using supernatural means. Okay, so okay, so that I that's at least a difference, right? Because like Edward is absolutely a tracker, I guess like lowercase T, in that he like does like sniffing and 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 snuffling and, and mind <laughs> reading. In trees and yeah. Well, no, because he also uses mind. His mind. He uses his mind reading powers. To it's different. It's different. That's, that's the, a different. It's not a tracking power. <laughs> it's not a tracking power. That's a different. That's a different sixth sense that he has. <laughs> well, most vampires track their targets using the five senses. These vampires track them using supernatural means. Therefore, they are called trackers. But, tracking sense. <laughs> tracking sense. But but to be clear, different from using other supernatural powers such as super speed and mind reading. <laughs> okay. Oh my god. Wow, this is a long, long wiki entry. We've got James, description, limitations, history, origin, post-transformation, twilight, Joss, life and death, twilight reimagined. Okay, so... James shows up quite a bit, it seems like. Dimitri Alistair, unnamed tracker. <laughs> According to the uh, Twilight Saga, the official illustrated guide, Voltori had a less, another less powerful tracker before Dimitri joined them. There is no confirmation as to how the tracker's power worked, nor what happened to him. Sad. Here's me being vindicated. Right under that section, similar abilities, Edward Cullen has the power of telepathy, though this is different and far less efficient in tracking. It can be used to keep tabs of a target's thoughts and use that as a means to find their location. Alice Cullen has the ability of foresight through this power, although this power is not the same as tracking, it can be used in that method to anticipate a target's moves and the direction it is headed. But it again, could be, it could be a supernatural method of tracking, but not that but one. It's not but a it's tracking not tracking. <laughs> okay, so imagine that now we, we've talked before about like what's the Twilight game? Right. What's what's if if Twilight was still popular enough to get like a video game, I'm I'm, mm-hmm. I'm learning what it is. It would be a roguelite, and and the absolutely most broken character you could get is if you got Tracker and the foresight ability that Alice has and mind reading from Edward, because <laughs> those are different, not the same thing. These stack. Yeah, this is an OP run. <laughs> Oh, there's some great comments on this article, too, on the tracking article. Um, The top comment says, Speaking of werewolves, I am one, a pack leader. Oh, wow. (laughs) Um, Very cool. And then, false. Victoria isn't, all caps, faster than Edward. Victoria is only able to escape the Yuli pack because of her enhanced gift of self-preservation. This is different. (laughs) Wait, hang on. (laughs) 
<laughs> lots, lots of um, these powers are different <laughs> uh, conversations happening around Twilight, it seems. Um, is the reason that Victoria wants to run away is because her special power is self-preservation? Is that what I'm hearing? Is that's that's what it seems like, maybe. <laughs> I don't I'm trying to think if you could use all of the vampire powers to track, and that might be one that you can't. <laughs> well, no, if you're if you're a tracker and you're tracking like a, a like a big bear or something, mm-hmm. and then you have like your special spider sense go off, it's like, uh-oh, if I step here, the bear's gonna eat me. That would still count, I think. That's tracking. It would certainly not hurt your tracking abilities, right? Right. um, uh, Another comment. I'm rather curious of how the tracking ability of the unknown tracker worked. Yeah, me too. (laughs) A lot of... A lot of these are just people saying basically the same questions we have. That This is a confusing distinction. Uh, they therefore are called trackers, or just a walking GPS that will probably kill you if it gets annoyed. That seems... Wait, so how is this plan gonna work? Right, that, yeah, because he can just... He's the, he is the supernatural tracking. That's the thing, right, is that the, the tracker, as far as I can tell, is described by not normal vampire powers. Mm-hmm. But Edward is convinced that he has Bella's scent, like he's using smell power. Oh, well, I think he's just like, I want that scent. Like, like I don't think he's going to use it. He's going to use his supernatural tracking power, not the power of scent. But he <laughs> not, does have the scent, and he, he wants it. He does have the scent, and he wants it, but it's not the one he needs to track her. <laughs> right. You understand. <laughs> I'm getting it. I'm getting it. Uh, this would be a fangirl's most useful power to stalk their favorite star. Shocked face. That is shocking. This power would come in handy. Wow, that is a useful power. <laughs> These are great. In what way? <laughs> I can't think of a single use in my personal life. <laughs> you could track down whoever is uh, sending you the text messages about the peacock box. They'd be using it to track down my peacock box. <laughs> That's how they keep texting you about it. <laughs> That's how they know you haven't got it plugged in. Fuck. Damn it. Oh my god. Wow, I'm learning so much about Twilight. Are there I'm there the the thing I'm having trouble with is like like you asked, like tracker makes it sound like there's a whole like class system, right? Mm-hmm. Like different kinds, but there's no There don't seem to be a lot of vampires. Tracking sense, subjective precognition, that's Alice. I'm just looking at the at the like the wiki one wiki page up from this one, you know. I have subjective precognition. <laughs> that sounds like something I have. <laughs> yeah, that just sounds normal, really. Like, subjective. Sometimes you just know, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, pathokinesis. Mental shield. That's the tank. <laughs> That's the tank. Mental shield. <laughs> Tactile telepathy enhanced self-preservation so that that is a class i guess <laughs> that's the worst that's what does that do like <laughs> let you run away from every random the, battle i have the wuss class uh, <laughs> uh relationship identification what relationship identification 
Marcus. He can see the relationships or connections people have to one another. For example, in a group situation, he can easily pick out the leader or sense the strength of the bond between mates or friends. He can also see where those bonds are weak. That just seems like... (laughs) Yeah, I'm an empath. (laughs) Yeah, this is the vampire that wants to limit the hanging out with their kid thing that was going around. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so we have empath vampires we have mental what's mental shield her mind is bella, impenetrable right? yeah it is bella her mind and is charlie. impenetrable and <laughs> that's right yeah charlie he has mental shield he's also the tank <laughs> pathokinesis oh that's jasper special abilities the special abilities is its whole own category here and we've got Oh my god, we have active talents. Like, it's an MMO talent tree here. Excellent. Uh, Telepathy, subjective precognition. Oh, we're getting, like, double... This is getting confusing. Mental shield, tactile thought projection. Uh, She has the power to break through mental shields and project her visions and thoughts into others by making physical contact with them. Opposite of Edward's power. Tactile telepathy... Arrow can see through someone, every thought someone has ever had upon physical contact with them. Okay, so he's got Vulcan. He's got Vulcan Mind Mill. That's what he's got. Mm-hmm. Happiness induction. <clears throat> Didyme has an aura that allows her to project an atmosphere of happiness affecting all around her. Different from Jasper, I guess. This rocks. Why is why does Twilight suck so bad? Mental invisibility. According to Twilight Saga, the il- un- uh, the official illustrated guide. Afton's power is to become mentally invisible to his pursuers. <laughs> he can, like, remove himself from the mini-map. Like, <laughs> he can also use it to hide someone standing directly behind him. This power is very limited, as it can be seen passed by someone with a strong ability of focus. This- These are... <laughs> These are, like, all the worst JoJo stands that have ever been invented. (laughs) (laughs) Sensory deprivation. Oh, fuck. Uh, Alec can create a mist or fog, which, upon contact with someone, paralyzes Wait, he can create... Like, okay, no one... Everyone's powers have been, like, mental or physical so far. Yeah. This guy's shooting goo. This guy's, like, this guy is, he can create mist and fog. Damn, that's just magic. (laughs) He's doing wizard shit. This ability does not reach full effect instantly, but creeps upon the victim. Yeah, it's fog. It's mist or fog. Mist or fog. Uh, Relationship manipulation. (laughs) No. Chelsea can strengthen or break emotional bonds and relationships, though she cannot break the bond between allegiances. She uh, cannot is equally uh, cannot as easily break those as strong as family or love. Aw. Wait, that's that if you okay, if your special ability is breaking emotional bonds, which is already very nebulous, you can't <laughs> break family or love bonds. What else are you breaking? <laughs> like uh, acquaintances. <laughs> you're like pissing off like acquaintances. Like, Coworkers. Yeah, <laughs> what a great power. 
Uh, addictive contentment. Corn possesses the ability to make others feel content and happy. Though it has a side effect that renders her victims feeling ill when she doesn't use it. Ooh, I have a tummy ache. Turn your power uh. on. Pain illusion. Aversion field. Visual projection. These are fucking awesome. Where are this- these from? There are so <laughs> many. <laughs> There's so fucking many of these. I, I fucking know they're not in Twilight. <laughs> are these? <laughs> Is there like a Twilight MMO that we just didn't know existed? <laughs> these are all fucking spells. Ability ide- <laughs> Oh, this is the worst power. Ability identification. Elazar can sense the type and strength of supernatural gifts, gifts that certain humans and vampires have. Uh, it's got identify. That's so rough, dude. You didn't get a power. You can just see, see all the other ones people that have. That sucks. Elemental manipulation? Wizard. Wizard time. Wizard. Fucking wizard. Benjamin the wizard. Psychic electrokinesis lie detection. Wow. Mag- uh, uh, wait, she can she can tell if someone is lying by movement or facial expression. So she's just playing L.A. Noir. That's her power. <laughs> Siobhan has outcome manipulation. This is all bullshit. What? Are- <laughs> What are you talking about? I'm sorry, I'm just reading the- This is from the wiki. This is from- Okay, (laughs) okay. Can manipulate the outcome of a situation by wanting or concentrating hard enough on how she wants it to turn out. That sounds OP. That sounds pretty OP, but also, like, if you got her and Alice in a room, wouldn't that, like, break Earth? Reality? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, James's tracking sense- Enhanced self-preservation. Victoria has the instinctive need to keep herself alive. Yeah, who doesn't? <laughs> That's me. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Repulsive magnetism. Fred was confirmed by the official illustrated guide to p- possess the ability to make those around him feel physically repulsed. Okay, that's the worst power. That sucks. Yeah, that's a real bummer power. <laughs> He can also make them feel repulsed even by thinking about... Okay, this isn't a power. This this is a guy who sucks and all his friends just say like, yeah, no, it's your power, man. I'm sorry. You have we didn't... the repulse power. It's a <laughs> we real didn't... bummer. I'm sorry we didn't invite you. Just, you know, it's that power you have that makes everyone hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Wish there was something we could do about it. Oh my god, there's so many! I'm still scrolling! Where's the video game? Yeah, you have so many spells here. You could make a full-ass game. Hypnotic vision, power transferal, subjective precognition, pathic... Okay, so we're back to these ones. Ability identification. Oh my god, okay, so I scrolled through this whole list, right? You know how I I said at the top that this was, like, active talents was, like, the tree that it was telling me here? Yeah, I scrolled to the bottom, thought it was over, passive talents. What the fuck? They can take passives as well. They've got passives. I love a I love a good passive. Speed, beauty, strength, <laughs> compassion, fighting and strength, self-control, strength and speed. Speed. <laughs> oh, hold on. Okay, I'm just going to read I'm just going to read like the whole list here. This is this is I am losing my mind. Okay, starting from the top. 
Speed, beauty, beauty, strength, compassion, passion, fighting, and strength, self-control, strength, strength, and speed, speed, beauty, strength, compassion, passion, self-control. So people are not, whoever is editing the wiki is like not looking at what other people put already, I guess. Oh my god. Certain- I didn't realize those are passives. I thought those were just vampire. <laughs> those are the vampire passives you get, I guess. <laughs> you have to slot those in. Uh, certain powers can be grouped into specific categories, even though it is at times rather difficult to do so because no two talents have ever worked the same way. What? Certain powers can be grouped in specific categories, even though it is at times rather difficult to do so because no two talents ever work the same way. What? What? So, wait a second. So, the the four named trackers <laughs> they are, just, are just grouped together, but it's not all the same? I'm glad you mentioned that, because this paragraph continues. For instance, an ability that protects the bearer is referred to as, quote, shield, and any ability to find a target is called tracking! Which is one of the most common (laughs) talents, despite the fairly small number of supernatural abilities. Since Edward Edward and a few other vampires can read minds, they are considered mind readers. Also, vampires with the power of to project a sort of illusion can be considered illusionists. Wizards! We've got wizards! We've got fucking wizards! And we're stuck with stupid Edward! We're stuck with Edward. Uh, uh, wow. Okay, well, I'm glad, I'm glad that I've learn so much from the wiki emmett is fighter class that's so cool i love emmett now emmett's fucking awesome yeah he's he's the emmett's like the tank he's he's fucking awesome uh combine him with like mental shield from bella to like protect against wizard classes Yep. yep uh unstoppable amazing team Way cooler than Edward. Edward doesn't have... Edward's mind read power just kind of makes him boring and mean all the time. Right. What What is that going to do? You get um, Jasper in there as, like, the buff the buff class. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, he is. he's doing his AoE all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, lowering enemy defense the whole time. The busted, busted team, honestly. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well... Is there anything else in this chapter we need to discuss? Oh, who knows? <laughs> that was a fucking journey that we went on. <laughs> Holy fuck. Um, well, I guess in that case, we should probably do boyfriend points, huh? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh-oh. Yeah. oh Edward. Edward, uh, we've been talking up uh, Emmett this whole chapter, so I don't think this is gonna, gonna go well for you. Um... Starting from the top, uh, I guess he starts off by reading the other vampires' minds. Anything? What's 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 that like? What's is he earning himself any favors there? He's not earning himself favors, but he's not really hurting them either. Okay, I guess his first action is really just the the snarling and barking like a dog <laughs> <laughs> at a French guy. <laughs> um. And yeah, I that one's a toss-up, huh? That, yeah, like, here's 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 my take on this. If I if I was Bella and I wanted a boyfriend who was barking at stuff, I'd be going with the werewolf, right? 
Yes. Vampires, you know, less in, it's just, just not what I want out of the vampire. I want the vampire to be calm and collected and mysterious, right? Yeah, so so what about, like, the they're, like, hissing vampires. Like, vampires hiss sometimes, right? Yeah, they go, like, and, like, bare their fangs, right? Like Yeah. I, I, I've always seen vampires as a little more feline, I guess, if I had to, like, assign them, like, an animal trait, right? Sure, like, sure. They're cunning, they're, like, mysterious, they're inscrutable, they, uh... You know, like they do, they do, they do react violently to things, but like quickly and like efficiently, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. I, I like I'm a bit hissing, but like like they're, they're snarling and growling and and roaring in this in this one. Little little Perhaps much. Like a lion. Yeah. Yeah. Just doing some reframing. Yeah, that's a, a lion is a cool kind of cat. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I, I guess I guess I guess it's like the combination with like the scent stuff that just makes me think like oh like he's just like a big dog <laughs> you know um, right um, I, I didn't I get-, get much of that at all like it says that Edward roared and then that's it so I don't have a, a much of an impression of that stuff that's crazy that's so interesting I wonder if that is a like retcon edit situation thing because yeah. Th- I was joking in my summary about how, like, the word snarl gets used, like, ten times in this chapter. Hmm. They're, like, baring their teeth and snarling all the time. It's very, uh, like I said, very dog-like. Right, uh, right. Um, huh. That's interesting that, that that imagery is sort of muted in your version. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I, guess, I guess if we had to frame it in the most positive way for Edward here. Yeah. He... He's barking because he's protecting Bella. Like his 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 protective instincts are kicking in here. Yep. But does that like does that gain him points? Because he kind of like ruins the situation, right? Like he like they could have. Well, technically, James is ruining the situation by deciding he's going to kill Bella. <laughs> well, I, I mean, like like Carlisle is like clearly managing this whole thing, right? And they almost get away with it, and then, and then, uh, like, I feel, I feel like with that same information, he could have just, like, pulled Bella aside and been like, like, that we are not going back to the house with them, we are getting you out of here, right? Like. Yeah, I mean, this is our kind of problem with Edward this whole time, right? Is that he doesn't ever keep his cool. No, he, he, he He's really. He's barking like a dog. <laughs> He's barking like a dog the whole time. Um, yeah, I, I. It's it's good that he wants to protect Bella, and it's good that he recognizes the danger. Um, maybe maybe should have collected himself a little better here. It could be cool though. Yeah, I mean, like honestly, like if we want to like push it that, like it would have been so fucking cool if he just like started the fight, you know, like like just yeah, like I am. I am nipping this problem in the bud right now, right? Like, like no, yeah. no false pretenses. That would have been pretty sick. I guess we can give him like plus ten or something for that. Like, it is, it is good that he has this instinct. It's just like it seems like he kind of ruins Carlisle's plan. That <laughs> seemed like it was working. Yeah, um, yeah. I'll give him ten points for it because okay. well, it's like cool supernatural roaring, right? Yeah, plus ten. 
Yeah, like it is it is cool to roar. I'm just like, you know, the the situation here is that there's like a French guy that you don't trust. And and it seems like the situation could be navigable otherwise. Um but yeah, no, I think yeah, plus ten. Plus ten. I think I think overall it's it's like a positive instinct on his part, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um Next thing, uh, throwing Bella over his shoulder like a sack of potatoes. Hmm. Not a very sexy image. No, not really. It looks like a Flintstones bit or something. And she doesn't really like running with him. She hates running with him. Also, she does note in her narration in this chapter that she can sense while she's riding him how pissed off he is the whole time. Get it together, Edward. Yeah, he's like radiating pissed offedness while he's while he's traveling with her, which that would scare me, I think. Yeah. That's 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 I mean that's no different from being in the car with him while he's like this, right? Yeah. Yeah. And this is boyfriend points, so we get to decide that. <laughs> uh do you think he loses points? Do you think he loses points yeah, for he probably the lost his he probably lost his his roaring points. Ah, uh, just 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 let's losing it. Minus ten potato move. <laughs> um so I, I like w- I think we can dig into some of like the the reactions to like the planning and stuff more, mm-hmm. more in more detail but just at the top overall I think he needs he needs some bad driving points. It's yeah, scary. Yeah, absolutely. It's scary. Bad boyfriend move. Drive normal. Especially when you're pissed. And like what is going to happen, right? Like so we've got three vampires in a car. And if he's going 60 miles per hour instead of 115, and then they look out the window and they see James <laughs> running 60 miles per hour along the highway. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> I'm assuming James can probably also run at like 115, right? Like, like he's not yeah, he's not he's not like this is, he's not, like, driving to the hospital or something. Like, oh, I'm bleeding out. I gotta get there as fast as possible. Like, <laughs> this is a, this is a you've gotta keep cool situation. And Edward right. is, is not, not, uh, just not holding it, holding that up. He's, he's really blowing it. Mm-hmm. Um, how much for the driving? Minus uh, 25? Whatever. Yeah, something like that. That's 25. Dangerous driving again. But don't worry, Edward, you might be able to make some points up here if Emmett doesn't steal them all from you by being really cool. Um, yeah. So, um, he's, he, his heart's in the right place. I will say that. He is obviously, you know, similar to the protective roar points that we handed out. It is good that he wants to make sure that someone doesn't kill Bella. Um, however... How do we feel about his general behavior here? It's kind of a bummer. It is a bummer. This is this is supposed to be sort of fun and exciting. Yeah. Right? And this is his moment to step up and be cool. Yes. Uh, and he doesn't. Emmett <laughs> steps up and is cool. Emmett steps up and is insanely cool in this scene. <laughs> yeah. H- Edward's almost like... It's like he's, like, refusing to play along with the book, almost. Yeah, like, kinda. Like, like cool stuff is happening, and he's just, like, pissed off about it. Th- thinking about other, other like, 
like 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 genre fiction like this, right? This this is the scene where like James Bond throws the Bond girl into the car and she's like, "Oh, this is so crazy. What's happening?" and he's like, "You like put your head down." And he does an insanely cool move and like drifts. Right. Uh, and and like, you know, some guys like shoot just over their heads and he's like not swayed by this at all and he yeah, it's th- it's that moment, right? And he's just like f- just like yelling and screaming and 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 <laughs> arguing with everybody, like. And you're just picturing them in this jeep with their off-roading harnesses, and it just. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like getting in a car with James Bond, who's really pissed off, and he's getting shot at, like <laughs> really le- a lot less cool. <sighs> How do we want to package this? How do we break this up? I'm, I'm hmm. I think we just take a lump sum. Lump sum out. Yeah. These are the Emmett points. Okay, here's how we frame it. The points that we would give Emmett for this are what we're going to take away from Edward. Ooh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So Emmett, how do we how do we how do we appraise Emmett here? And 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 that's how we'll calculate this. Um, Emmett gets a lot of points because he's exactly the guy you want in this situation. <laughs> yeah. It's like number one at the top. He's unaffected. Yeah, he's cool. He's cool as a cucumber. He is not phased. He he even if even if he's like, you know, aware of the danger, he's uh he's setting an example for everyone. Twenty points. Yeah, okay. So minus twenty uh for Edward here. Uh, not keeping cool. Uh, listens to Bella. Yep. Uh, Emmett Emmett con- listens to and considers Bella's plan, and I think both him and Alice are like, "No, we should listen to Bella. Uh, uh, she's you know it's actually a pretty good plan, or we, or we should we should hear her out, right?" Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, another twenty. Yeah, I think so. Twenty. Not listening to Bella. <laughs> okay. Now, so we were talking about. How it would have been cool if Edward had just, like, had a cool vampire fight with James then and there, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he would have done that. So, Emmett is, like, it's, it's simple. I would, I want to fight this guy. But he's, like, you know, he's still keeping very calm and cool about it. Do we, do, like... Is that not the whole point of having a vampire boyfriend? Right, yeah, exactly. Yes, you have a vampire boyfriend who will, who will beat up and, and, like, do insanely cool combos on the bad guys, right? Yes. Yeah, that's, like, the fantasy. He is delivering on the fantasy here. Which means that Edward is not delivering on the fantasy. Edward is not delivering on the fucking fantasy of having a vampire boyfriend. Like, he eventually sets the plan up, so, like, I guess he's gonna be the one to fight him or whatever, but he's sort of, like, stealing Emmett's steez here, right? Like... Yeah. Like, Emmett's the one who's like, no, yeah, the, I fight I fight the bad guy. Problem solved. <laughs> like you say, it's the entire point of the v- vampire boyfriend fantasy. This is like a hundo, I think. I think so, too. Oof. You Sorry, can't, Edward. You can't miss the fantasy. Uh, critical miss on the vampire fantasy. Mm-hmm. Sorry to do it, Edward, but, like, really poor performance. Okay, should we calculate? Yep. Okay, minus 285 is where he is starting. Uh, Edward, you are back at negative 450! This is so sad. Really, he brought it on himself here. Yeah, definitely. Crit- critical failure! 
you've got to be the vampire boyfriend. Yeah, that's the whole thing. <laughs> that is the entire point. The, what what Tracker is to James, <laughs> Edward's class should be boyfriend. Yes. And he is not. His, he is not using any of his supernatural powers to achieve that right now. No, none. <laughs> Emmett, though. Emmett, he's cool. What? Like, okay, so Emmett maybe killed some people a while back. He, he's a vampire. He's a vampire. He's supposed to be a little dangerous. He's supposed right. to be a little, a little edgy. And 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 here you are. He's 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 tall. He's beefy. He's calm and collected. Uh, and he listens. He's a listener. Yeah. Wow. Literally, what what else could you ask for? And he probably listens to cool music, and he you could go off-roading in the Jeep and <laughs> yeah. listen to Emmett's tunes. Fuck yes! Oh, I want to go off-roading with Emmett and hear what he's putting on the on the mix CD. Yes! Yeah, yeah. Fuck yes! Fuck yes! God, Emmett, yeah, Emmett, this is we <laughs> Emmett Stan podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, this has been a, 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 a late, late recording, I think. That's probably a good place to leave it. What do you say? Sounds good to me. All right. Our theme song is Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon. Huge thanks to them, as always, for uh, letting us use that as our theme song. You can find them on Bandcamp, and you can find us at patreon.com slash shriekcast. Uh, and Liz, what are we reading next week? I am reading chapter 23 called Goodbyes. Mm. Do you have a chapter called Goodbyes? My chapter is called Goodbyes as well. So it's a, another another merged chapter. That makes um, it easy. Yeah. Well, as exciting as that sounds, please read another book. Please read another book. But there's a lady there Makes ocean raw seem tame Better know what you're after If you catch a eye Cause this hot mama Is just a cat in disguise